Thanks for joining me this week on the show. We are going to dig into change, how we can make it and how we can feel less like a cranky toddler when we are trying to make the changes we know are going to improve our lives, our well-being and our happiness. So stick with me. I'm going to share what part of change might be holding you back, how to make change more compelling, and I'm going to get authentic with you in this episode because we're all in this evolution together. Thanks for joining me this week. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome back. I am so happy to have you with me this week on the show where you're still easing into the new year, early weeks of 2024. And this week, I'd like to explore with you the topic of making change a little bit easier. If you are stepping into new habits, still trying to track that new resolution in the new year, and you find yourself feeling a bit like a cranky toddler, I can relate. So let's take a look today at how we can make change a little bit easier and why it can feel so difficult to follow through on change, which only leads to frustration, losing faith in our ability to evolve and to grow and to make change happen in the way that we desire and other things that I don't want you to experience, undermining your confidence, your self-worth, and how much you love and appreciate yourself and what you are here to do. So as we are in the second week of January, are you struggling with this concept, thinking that you should be doing something different to make this year better than the last, better than all of the years leading up to this one, especially the last three or four years that we've all been living through together, right? A lot of change has happened around us and how are we individually, internally still meeting this change? And is change really the only thing that we can expect to rely on moving forward? Hopefully by the end, you'll see that you have yourself to count on, to draw upon, to grow and feel stronger in. We're going to move there together. I'm going to share with you where I struggle in this process too. So you can know that you are not alone in desiring to bring in better habits, different ways of being, and still struggling to change the person who you are today. Do you feel like if you don't make the right change and then make it last the rest of this year, then the whole year is a lost cause, right? There's a lot of buzz right now about intentions, about your goals and what you're striving for. And sometimes I feel and I see that some of these goals are externally applied on us. What does success look like? What should we be striving for? And if we're chasing someone else's goal, What do you think the odds are of us putting in the work and persevering until we reach that? And beyond that, what do you think the odds are that you're going to feel the deep satisfaction, the happiness, the faith in yourself restored when you get there? 
Or are you going to be underwhelmed by how much it just doesn't light you up when you finally recognize that goal that you've been chasing? Today, I want to take a look at why being hard on yourself isn't the way to rally for your hashtag best year yet. And I want to explore some of the worst reasons to make change. Because if you work from these mindsets, these perspectives, these motivators, I can already predict you're going to be struggling. And as I've already said, that leads to losing faith in yourself, losing confidence in your ability to change. And that's the last thing you want to set yourself up for. And certainly the last thing I want to see you put yourself through. So instead of pushing ourselves to make change that doesn't draw us forward, that doesn't compel us into taking action and not feeling like a cranky toddler who's just hearing no all the time and waving our fists and stomping our heels and just wanting to do what we want to do and going back to the way things were because they're comfortable, right? Because it's what we know and already have worked through. We know it can be survived, even if it's not sustainable. So let's turn down the tantrums and let's take a look at how we can more easily and in flow create a year that you're going to enjoy stepping into and that builds for a future that you're going to love. First, let's take a look at some of this new year, new you BS bad story if you want to clean that up, but it is all a bad story, right? This idea that a new you will be spawned with the new calendar year, regardless of what season you personally are in, regardless of what you have going on in your life, in order to be quote unquote successful, you have to be making change now. Even though where we are in the Northern Hemisphere, it's the depths of winter. And a lot of us are really snowed in right now. So if it's a great time to be taking in podcasts, I hope this is the one that you have chosen so you can feel a little kinder and gentler to yourself and feel a little inspired to make change that pulls you forward instead of pushing yourself doing the grind, the hustle, all of those other things that we've been told lately are the ways to get ahead. So first, first new year, new you story I want to unravel right now is that you haven't failed just because your life doesn't look like someone else's Instagram reel. We tend to look around and see the curated posts that friends, that influencers are sharing online, and we think we're not that organized, we're not that thin and happy, our kids aren't that well-dressed, we're not measuring up, right? But we're not seeing behind the lens. We're not seeing that that family photo was probably taken on a family photo day, and they've got a whole folder of shiny, happy pictures to choose from when they have a topic that they want to share right? It's easy to cultivate an image online if that is your objective. And so many of us see that polished image that we feel like we can't share unless we match that image. So unknowingly, unwittingly, we keep feeding into this social media lens that tells us everyone else has got it figured out except you. I will share with you, I don't have it figured out. As much as I have been studying and diving deep in the tools and the research and the ways to feel happier, to get more done and to have more time for play, 
I'm still in the weeds with you as I make this podcast before onto the next meeting and the rest of my day and I fit it in, but it isn't always an easy fit, right? Sometimes the stretching can be uncomfortable. And so first of all, I just want to assure you, to comfort you, that the image of success that we are being fed is not a real, attainable, achievable, sustainable success. And success gets to look like what you decide it does, what you place a priority on. And if that isn't, the kids are wearing matching socks, if that isn't, I've got an hour and a half morning routine with 45 minutes of high intensity aerobics to start my day. You get to decide what works for you without draining you, without undermining your confidence, and you can keep tweaking and refining that image. We're going to take more of a look at that soon. So another story that I'd love to unravel is that evaluating the last year as you're deciding what you want to call down in 24 that doesn't mean that you are working from everywhere you fell short last year or leading up to this point measuring your failures in order to define a success is the worst way to motivate yourself it's one of those human habits that we have in that we are more drawn to what goes wrong. We have a negativity bias. We see where we fell short. We see where that didn't meet our expectations. And that shapes what we want moving forward. Biologically, stress has been a powerful teacher to get us to this point. But now we can move beyond that. We don't have to be triggered by everything that's bad. We don't have to be taught by only the bad lessons. It's just as important to find out what went right and what you can learn from that. What you want more of is much more magnetic than pushing yourself away from staying in that painful spot. Sometimes it takes both those kinds of fuel. Sometimes pain pushes until pleasure pulls. Other wiser people have shared. And so I just want to say to you, you don't have to only measure your success by being better than your previous failures. You know, you are the sum of all of your experiences, the good and the bad. We get to learn from all of those lessons. What lessons, though, are you holding on to? You might be holding on to the negative lessons and taking the story with you that the world is against you. Someone else always wins. Other people catch all the breaks and I have to do it all the hard way. I can't change. I keep falling back into my old habits. I'm just going to mess this up again. We have a powerful way of holding that kind of negativity over ourselves, thinking that's a valid method of fueling ourselves forward. And maybe in some instances, that's how we were taught, right? That's how teachers have used to motivate us. That's how parents have tried to move us forward when they're really struggling and they're running out of ideas. And we get to switch tanks. We can switch to that positive perspective on all of these lessons. When life is hard, when you don't measure to the success that you're reaching for, you can be asking yourself, what lesson have I learned in this? How has this experience made me stronger and better prepared for next time? What opportunity has this created that I never would have recognized or discovered or had access to before. So there are ways that we can train ourselves not to say we're not going to look at the negative influence and have that assessment and honest review of things. And 
we need to balance that negativity with the positive perspective. What are the lessons? What can we bring forward? How has this helped me be better able to meet what's coming next? All right. So I'd like to, with all of that in mind, explore how this year can be better. I'm not saying we don't want to aim to improve our lives and to reach a little bit further than we have before. But what I am saying is we don't have to do that as a whole new person fully formed launching on January 1st, right? So what I encourage you to do is look for ways to be refining over reinventing yourself. Throughout our lives, we are always evolving. We are always in this process of refining ourselves. And refining really comes to our ability, to our capacity when we have cultivated some awareness, when we're building that muscle of being present to what is going on, to what we are reacting to in stress. When we have that stressful trigger and we pause and we get curious and we say, why is this triggering me? What's going on? When we have an experience that doesn't go the way we want and we get curious and we say, how did that fall short? What do I want to have next time? This awareness helps us recognize what isn't working and lets us have that opportunity to pivot, to get curious, to explore solutions, different opportunities that can move us in a different direction. Reinventing takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of commitment. And you really have to be drawing on purpose in order to follow through on a reinvention if that's something that you feel you must do. If you're at a point in your life where everything must change, I would personally encourage you to look for a gentler way to go about that. And some people are all the way on or all the way off. And so if you are set on reinventing yourself, I implore you to get very aware, very present to why you feel that's necessary. And at the very minimum, chunk that down into smaller pieces, into milestones, into baby steps, so that you can watch your progress, see change happening, and have something to celebrate. Because going zero to 60 is a really hard thing to accomplish, and it's going to be a long time before you get to celebrate your accomplishment. So scaling it back, even if you feel like you require a dramatic overhaul, Let's just say, go visit my website, go to happifiedlife.com, where I keep the episodes, the show notes, all the resources. And at the top of the page, there's a button that says book a call, book a call with me if you feel like you require a complete re reinvention in 2024. And let's talk about that. Maybe I can help you in a short free session, explore how you can make that more doable and less difficult for you. All right. So I want to over everything throughout this episode, I want you to be hearing that I believe and that I want you to believe that you are capable of change. You can be the change that you want to see in the world, in yourself, in your community, in your family, whatever scale you want this change to be felt in. As I've been saying, I encourage you to start small and recognize that the ripples are much further reaching than you might recognize and believe that you are capable of making the change that you want and changing 
too much, too fast, too drastically is the hard way to do it. By having smaller goals, by having measurable habits that you want to change, things that you can track along the way, you can celebrate your wins, you can build confidence in your capacity to change. As you build that confidence, it's going to be easier for you to tackle those big goals, those big habits, maybe even those patterns of addiction, things that have really been holding you back. And when you have that confidence in yourself, when you feel that you are truly worthy of living a happier and lighter and more connected life, then I believe it's going to be easier for you to stay on the path that you are committing yourself toward. Building confidence with small wins helps you continue on the path so you can keep refining it, retooling it, adjusting it as you need to, but you can keep pursuing your ultimate goal. So another important question that I really want you to ask if you're looking at a big change or a small change is why? Why make this change? It's easy to fall into the wrong reasons to be making change. External pressure, feeling like you need to be measuring up to someone else's picture of success, as I've mentioned before. Chasing goals that are not aligned to you is a practice and frustration because change is hard to do. It's been said that 45% of what we do in the day is habitual because it takes a lot of mental awareness, of mental power to make all of these choices in a day. So the more things we can do on default, the easier it is for us to handle the rest of the input that we're receiving. So one of the easiest ways to make change happen is to start building on small habits so that those habits become less front of mind, they occupy less of that mental capacity, so that we have more presence to make the choices that we need to in order to continue living aligned to our goal. So changing because we feel that external pressure is not going to be the motivation that sticks with us, not in the healthy way internal dissatisfaction. As I mentioned, sometimes pain pushes until pleasure pulls. But if that's the place of always measuring yourself how you fall short, that's not the place to be coming from when you're choosing what changes you want to make, what habits you want to be calling in. And self-judgment for the same reasons. Always being critical, always being hard on yourself, undermining your self-confidence and your self-worth isn't going to help give you the fuel that you need to sustain the journey to make the change you want to see, right? So get off of that gas tank. We're going to stop pushing ourselves from pain and riding on adrenaline. It's much more magnetic to find the why, right? Perhaps you've heard Simon Sinek's TED Talk, you know, the why of good work, and he's really been able to dive into this subject. And there's so much we can take from connecting to our reason. And the more emotional the reason, the more personal and the more it matters to us, the more likely we are to have that in mind when we're making these choices, when we're building these habits. And so that can be the fuel that helps to continue compelling us forward. So 
Why do you want to change? Is it because you want more? And what is that more? Who wants more? Is it someone else or is it you? Is it for yourself? Do you want more connection? More time? Do you want more energy? Do you want more focus? Do you want more lightness of being? That might be something that comes to you if you've been struggling with health issues. Maybe you have headaches. Maybe you have digestive complaints. Maybe you have trouble focusing at work because you feel groggy in the afternoon. Look at how these can help you to clarify what you want more of. So start making a list, make a document, grab a page in your journal and start thinking about what you want more of. And as I'm just saying, sometimes we have to start from what we want less of. Again, I'm trying to move beyond the negativity fuel. I want less toxic work relationships. I want less fights at home. I want less road rage in my car on the way to work, right? They can be very clarifying. So if you need to, and if it helps you clear the cash, go ahead and start with what you want less of. Give yourself a brain dump. Give yourself five minutes to write about everything in your life you want less of, just to get it out, just to burn off that steam, because we can really be churning on some of this negativity. And once you've got that all out, take a look. See where the themes are. See where, instead of moving from that negativity, what you want less of, what does more look like? What more would feel better than the less you're moving away from? Sometimes it's a lot easier to start seeing the change you want to be enjoying and then help to shape that into your vision of perspective. If you're like me and sometimes you have trouble creating that fully formed vision, then Let's build it. Let's get the pieces together and start building a vision so that we're not just looking at a blank page and drawing a blank, right? So what do you want to be moving yourself toward? What kind of clear and aligned goal might you be feeling compelled to make? Maybe you had a doctor's visit this year that didn't go great. I'll raise my hand on that. Maybe you have family members who are struggling physically, emotionally, and you don't want to follow in their steps, or you need to cultivate more strength and presence so that you can be a better support to them without undermining your own health and well-being. So what is the goal? What can you move towards? How can you start to create this picture with as much clarity as you can of what you want to move toward? And Hold on to that why. Hold on to that deeply emotional reason why this change is important for you to make. Make sure it's aligned. Make sure it's an internal choice. Make sure it's not being applied to you by people, by situations in your life that are pushing you towards something. I really feel called to call in more of that power of magnetism, right? What is drawing me forward instead of what is pushing me to stay the course, right? What feels magnetic? 
So this year, I'll share with you what my goals are. I don't call them intentions, certainly not resolutions. Goals that I wanna cultivate this year are similar to goals that I wanted to cultivate last year. I want to move more. I want to engage in more cardio activity. I want to get outside, more beach walks with the husband, maybe even some jogs. We can work on that together. I've got a friend that I can get out and do some trail runs with. It just feels exhilarating to be outside and moving in nature. And since I know that's my sweet spot, it's not going to a gym. It's not always, but it can be putting on a video and moving around the house. I have to be more selective in that to help keep me coming back for it. I'm looking for ways to move more consistently in my life for better cardiovascular health. That's a priority for me. I want to have more focus. My word of 24 is space. And I want to have that feeling of spaciousness in my life while I'm getting more done, more efficiently. So I want to have the clarity and the focus to work with productivity when I am working so that when I am not working, I am free of guilt. I am free of strings. I am free to do as I please to enjoy creativity, enjoy nature, enjoy time with friends and be present in whatever it is that I'm doing to cultivate that space. That's really what I'm excited about. I think you can probably tell. <laughs> Another goal of mine this year is to break my escape habits. And we're coming into four years since the pandemic started. A lot of us to tolerate what was going on in the world, politically, on the health stage, internationally, maybe you were impacted by some of the insane weather and natural events that have happened. There have been so many ways in which life has felt like too much to handle. Race relations, personal accountability, rebuilding relationships in family and communities where we've lost touch with people and we're trying to reestablish connection. A lot of us coped by numbing out in different ways. You know, and it's funny to be one of those cheeky moms that's, that's holding a glass of wine. And I always enjoyed that image and I don't have kids, but I would be that mom if I was, right? And personally, my numbing habit has been enjoying cannabis at the end of the day. And I get frustrated with myself I can see that even as I'm doing it, it's undermining my self-confidence and self-worth because I feel like I'm not doing as much as I could. And this is just a mental circle that goes around in my own head, may or may not be like that for anyone else. You know, I picked up a habit when I was doing work that really had a lot of, of creep. It seeped in around the edges. There were a lot of demands after hours and on the weekends. And that was kind of my, my flag on the field. I'm not playing anymore. I'm off duty. I can't talk right now because I've had a little bit. And then other things came along with it. It helped me feel more relaxed at home. It helped me laugh more easily at my husband's antics and his jokes when he's looking for some entertainment. He works by himself as well. And when I get home at the end of the day, he has a lot to share and it can be a lot to receive <laughs> and because it would help me fall asleep more easily because it would help to curb my high blood pressure 
when I was trying to do that without medication. Now I'm on a new protocol and I'm trying different things, including more cardiovascular movement. But all of these reasons made it okay for me to continue using it as much as I was while still really struggling emotionally with that habit. That's something I'm committed to. And I feel that might change your opinion of me and the work that I do and the information that I share and the validity of it. But I want to be authentic with you. I want to share with you that I am working through all of this too. I am collecting the tools. I am applying these in my own life. And I can relate to what you're struggling with. I'm not out of this completely free in the situation, right? So I move forward and I fall back and I set goals for myself and I measure my progress. How am I going to make progress on these goals for myself? I'm tracking my wins. I have my wellness tracker, which is a resource I'm going to share in the show notes. If you're listening to the audio, you don't get to see the video. You just get to hear me wave my paper around. But this is a great way to track what you've done every day, to celebrate. I drank my water. I moved today. What did I eat today? How many jelly bellies did I have after dinner? That's my current downfall. We found a jelly belly bar in the neighborhood, and now we keep making our own little jelly bean mix. Not making forward progress, right? So that's something I can put on my wellness tracker. And am I relaxing after work without any external support, right? Without numbing out. So tracking my wins, getting really clear on my why. My why is I want more mental clarity. I want to sleep better the rest of the night and recall my dreams. Cannabis can help one, but not so much the other. And I want to create healthy boundaries for myself, honoring my time and my space without relying on an excuse. Like, I just can't take that call right now. Making choices rather than relying on convenient excuses and reasons why not. So these are some of the reasons I'm really clear this is a priority for me in my life. And I'm not a cold turkey girl when I quit smoking cigarettes. A long time ago, I had to kind of sneak up on it sideways, right? It's not a line in the sand. I will never smoke again. If somebody saw me holding one and gave me a hard time, I'd probably just as soon have two. And so a margin of success. What does success look like if not all or nothing? So I won't have any cannabis six out of seven days of the week. There will be a night when I might have some. It's a social event or something is coming up, I want to dive deep into creativity. I want to be mindful in my consumption instead of mindless, right? There are opportunities for that. And without a hard stop, I'm a lot less likely to be a cranky toddler. So see how that building in that margin of success can help us to give ourselves grace so you don't feel like the kid who's always been told no, 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 no. Everywhere I go, I get no. I just want to have a lazy morning in bed. No, I want to eat whatever I want for breakfast. No, (laughs) of course, we're all going to be resenting these resolutions before we're even into February 1st. So I encourage you to use some of those tools and tactics for yourself. Get clear on what success looks like and measure it. Know why you want to change and give yourself 
some margin for grace. So just to recap all of this, I want to remind you, I want to implore you, I want to request that you really look deeply into yourself and ask why you want to make the changes that you do to be sure that you're doing it for yourself, not for anyone else. Make sure your why is internal, not an external application of what being good you looks like. Don't give up on what brought you here. Incorporate your lessons in a positive way instead of holding those lessons over yourself so that you can feel more positive and again, continue growing in your self-confidence because the more capable we feel, the more chances we're likely to take. I want you to start small, be clear on what you want to change and measure your progress. And most importantly, I want you to celebrate your wins. Know what your milestones look like and think upfront how you're going to celebrate your progress. What are you going to do on the successful completion of week one, week four, week six, week eight, first quarter, first half? How are you going to keep yourself motivated as you move forward? Another resource that I'm going to be sharing with you is my habit upgrade hacks. It's a little worksheet that talks about what goes into habits, the cue, the routine, and the reward. If you really want to dig into a habit that you need to shift, an unhealthy habit that you need to replace, a healthy habit that you want to create, get clear on what these parts are. I go over these in the handout and I will share links in the show notes to check out episode 127, Knowing Versus Doing, why it's so hard for us to do the things we know we should be doing, another perspective on that that I share with you, and Making Friends with Change, episode number 113. Again, referring to how we can embrace change, help ourselves move out of our comfort zone, and build the habits that we want to build. I hope that this January you are staying cozy and well. I hope that this winter and into spring season you are inspired by the potential of what lies ahead for us in 2024. And I hope that throughout this year and beyond you feel inspired to make the changes that draw you forward, that light you up inside and help you lay the foundation for a life that you love today and throughout all the rest of your days. Thank you for joining me. Your time means the world to me. I'd love to hear what you think, what your takeaways are, what are you moving yourself toward, or maybe what you want less of getting started so that you can move on to what you want more of. Share that in happifiedlife.com on this episode. Now in Spotify, you can leave a comment on the specific episode and on YouTube, you can always leave comments if you're catching the video there. I look forward to talking with you again in just a few weeks. Take good care of yourself. Thanks for joining us today. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. Subscribe on your favorite player to catch the next episode as soon as it's out. Sharing really is caring, so please rate and review the show while you're there. And if you know someone else who would love it, please pass it along. Until next time, my friends, keep on shining.